0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host Nathan Sando, joined as always by the Earl to my Valentine's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Well, I uh you know, I, I just I don't think this one's a good idea, but we, we can go with it anyway. That's what you think. And our very own Bert. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric,
1: how are you doing? You know, with the way everything is going in this world, now that I own my own property, I think I am gonna build a giant gun bunker. <laughs> Why not? Sweet, dude! It sounds awesome. I was really so, hoping you get to be
2: Walter Chang. Uh, uh, Walter Chang instead.
0: <laughs> I I know there was. I know there was a. Uh, I know there was a Seahawks schedule reveal, and I know people are really excited to hear us overreact to that. But um, first, I have to. Uh, I have to put someone on notice. I have. I have. Uh, I have hard invest some hard investigative journalism to do. Um, Kevin. Yep. In the pre-draft process, you said that you would be fine. If the Seahawks drafted Sam Howell, I'm going to read you a a quote here um, from an article. um, Mark P. Armstrong of The Athletic wrote, it says, Commander's rookie quarterback Sam Howell says he only eats chicken. But wait, he's never tried a burger or a steak and won't eat seafood. He orders chicken tenders at steakhouses and brings his own tenders to team dinners. (laughs) But so, as all draft analysts will tell you,
2: there are certain things that the media doesn't have access to, and sometimes these are critical pieces of information that you need to use when making an evaluation of someone. And uh, I would say, much like, I don't know, a broken leg or an ATV
0: accident, this is the kind of thing that really changes your opinion about a prospect. Yeah. Well, the other the other things uh, Nicole Arabak's article had in it was. Um, a player obsessed with studying football, a tough QB, a player who's just Mr. Perfect. I feel like you can't pair that up with the "I uh, only eat chicken tenders." I feel like I feel like these things are like diametrically opposed to each are other. Are they? Reddit at least, Kevin. Kevin, yeah, chicken tenders. Yeah, I he, feel like I have like. to
2: respond to every Sam uh, uh, Sam Howell piece of news with the uh, attendees gif of the person very thrilled to be getting them and oh,
0: Yes, twiddling their fingers. Did you um? <laughs> so, Kevin, if you um, the, the tenders thing, did you take him? If you would have known this, would he have been off your draft board? Uh, man, yeah, I don't
2: know. That's somebody who clearly is not willing to branch out in life. Um, not is
0: he willing? Really willing to push himself on you know, the field and off?
2: It just doesn't really seem like it. Someone whose uh, mind might, might not be open to uh to a modern scheme, um, because clearly, you know, if uh. If you're not open to cuisine of all varieties, then I'm not sure you're open to throws all over the field either. I just don't know what to think of them <laughs> at this
0: point. Yeah, it's um, someone there, there. Mike Sando had the best like response. He said, would you like to see a dessert menu? And then it's like the menu from the ice cream truck. <laughs> 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 the, like mm. Chips galore and the, the Looney Tunes shaped ice cream pop stuff. <laughs>
2: I, I want um, the one where the rescue rangers have gum as their nose. Is
0: that? A- <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's Sonic. It's Sonic the Hedgehog and he's got gum in his oh, nose. Oh, it's Sonic now? Sorry. I'm old. Oh no, it's gumball eyes. Gumball eyes actually, not gumball <laughs> nose. Um, okay. The, um, isn't that a yeah, sting I- song? Oh. Sam Howell, Sam Howell, uh, just, <laughs> This is a weird – it's a weird one for me because like, yeah, people can be picky eaters. I know, I'm not trying to like d- dunk on someone for that. But I mean, like, yes, you are, but I think it's deserved. <laughs> proudly pro- proudly proclaiming that you'd
1: eat only chicken tenders is like a, a real weird Bringing your own is, chicken tenders places, that's a level of insanity. I don't know where I fall on that. Sam right. Howell no, straight up speaks just like –
0: He's, he's, he, uh, he stops off at Bojangles before the team dinner to make sure he's got something he wants to eat. The, the, the last thing about this, that the North Carolina is producing some weird quarterbacks. We got the guy who doesn't know what a hard count is. And we followed it up with the guy who only eats chicken tenders. Is their next quarterback going to be like a kid that only eats butter noodles? I don't know. That's that feels like where we're heading. <clears throat> next one. Uh, the Tom minute, Brady
2: wait a, wait a minute. Isn't Cookout in North Carolina? Yes, it is. They, uh, so the cookout chain of restaurants is North Carolina. He was a college student and he has cookout where you can get like pretty decent food for pennies. This is just even more
0: baffling. Yeah, it's uh, whatever. He he's never even tried a hamburger, Kevin. It's just it it's just grosses him out. Okay, Tom Brady's going to join Fox Sports in $38 million a year, 10
1: years, $380 million. Uh, My only question for you, Eric, is how much does Tom Brady hate his kids? This is a fact. I mean, he made this – I've never seen an athlete make a deal before they retire, even though I guess he retired this offseason and then changed his mind. Um, That that was a story that went away. I love the fact that Tom Brady is going to be on TV, and I get to hate him probably less than Tony Romo
0: punchy tom brady in in the interview circuit slash tv circuits actually moderately enjoyable much more enjoyable than football field tom brady who just seems like an insufferable douche and yeah it i don't make,
1: really makes my life more difficult because he's always winning i don't mind him talking about football unlike uh tony Romo. all right
0: last thing i want to talk about before we get into our schedule reveal is some some franchises do uh a, like a lot of skit work slash video work around the uh, schedule reveal uh so i wanted i wanted to do a little uh, best and worst schedule reveal so let's let's start with the worst denver broncos
2: Hmm.
0: oh this this intern video they made with russell wilson and peyton manning was that more or less cringy than his uh being announced as their number one pick it was less cringy. That was way that, more. That was, was the, worst. the worst. That let was the, let worst. the college kids have their moment, Russ. This is not about you. But the but the the thing about this video is that in the middle, it started to get kind of funny. Like Russ was when Russ was like cussing at the the mascot and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. This, they're actually they're actually doing something here. And then it got so much more cringy after that, and it, <laughs> it made my it made my bones hurt really bad. And every time Russ said Mister Manning, I was just like, oh, it made me shiver a little bit. Like it's it's not. It's not good. It's cringe. It's cringe comedy. I, you know, nothing. Good, but you, good, hey r- Russ, didn't you whoop that dude in a super
2: bowl? You don't have to call yes. him Mr. Anymore. It should be the other way around.
0: Yeah. The, the thing about this, this whole thing is that Russ, um, I, I think like Russ is just really corny. He's just really corny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the, t- the top one obviously is the chargers. Oh, so Los, good. Los Angeles chargers made their intro anime. And also they put like a whole bunch of memes and like in, in insider NFL jokes into it and stuff. Very funny. Um, definitely worth digging up if you have not seen it yet. Um, if, even if you're not a fan of anime, all of the jokes will, will, uh, will make you laugh. There was one when they, when you get to the Browns and it just says, um, uh, what does it say? It says, uh, no, no video shown here at the advice of our lawyers and just like pictures of butterflies <laughs> and stuff. It's My like, favorite
2: part is that they did that for the Browns. But then you saw what they did for the Jaguars, and it's like, oh, okay, we have lines yeah, that we ja- will not cross.
0: Jaguars—they <laughs> straight up just put—it's—it's—it's it's, it's the Jaguars mascot, but he's sitting on the bar chair like Urban Meyer in the pictures. So <laughs> funny. Um,
2: Looking also, very the, bad.
0: they memed on their own coach so much with the fourth down thing because yeah, everyone just yes. like trashed on on um on their coach last year for constantly going for it on fourth down and. They just were like, "Well, we can lean right into this. This is wonderful." Yeah, great job, couple with uh, Brandon Staley. Seahawks don't do anything quite like this. Um, Our media department is not um, corny, corny enough to do what the Broncos did, and they maybe know their limitations, so they don't shoot shoot high like the Chargers do. Um, So, but we have a great schedule reveal here. We got we got our schedule; it's ready to go. So, you guys ready to to overreact to our to our schedule? Only kind of reaction. All you can do uh, is each schedule. week
2: is an A plus. Um it, oh wait, sorry, wrong, wrong bit, wrong bit.
0: Wrong, wrong bit. Okay. Eric, we open up Monday night football, week one. Monday prime,
2: night football.
0: Prim, <laughs> prime Seahawks. Time. Time, Seahawks in prime time. Seahawks versus Broncos at home. Week one. Eric, when you saw that this was the week one game, what were you thinking? This was released before the
1: schedule. This was like the big Yeah it leaked leak. it leaked. This yeah, is the, the big, big leak. leak, and it was like, oh, okay, um, I guess week one of all weeks that we're going to be the most healthy, it's going to be at home, so that's kind of cool. Um, I have a friend, this is this is true, uh, one of our Patreons, actually, who is not listening to any Seahawk news because she's still so upset that Russell Wilson got traded. She thinks that it's all Seahawk's fault, that, that Russell didn't want to be traded, and um, so that that will be a very uh, what's the opposite of cathartic game for her. She may lose her mind when this happens. Um, <laughs> Anxiety inducing. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm I'm excited. I just uh, sure wish we had a quarterback this year. I sure wish that I could have. Whoa, whoa. Back this year. Stop right there, buddy. We
2: got it. Hey, man, let's reel this hose back up before you go that far. Cool. Yeah, cool. That, what two? what?
1: Which hose. one of the two names are you uh, are you going to shove in my face? I'm all
0: in on Drew Locke. I'm at this point. um not just for the, the fact that if Drew Locke was in this year's draft he would've he would have been drafted before Kenny Pickett. But but mostly because uh it's fun to meme and Drew Locke is now the hose and that's a great meme. And so I'm just I'm just ready. I'm just all I'm all in. If you cannot have a it. great season, it's important to have a fun season. And so I wanted to see like, Jameis.
2: And much like the uh the Miles Garrett trade rumors, um we choose to steer into fun. <laughs>
0: Like I wanted, it's why I, this is why I went for Jameis, right? And like I was like, go for Jameis because it'll be fun. Bare minimum, it won't be boring. Obviously, that didn't work out. Did you see what Jameis said this week? By the way, oh,
1: no. I was no, going to save this fantastic. for
0: the Saints game. He said something like, um, I, "I growing up as a youth, my my love was football, but now that I've been taken away from the game for a while, I found out my love is playing football." <laughs> <laughs> that man is magical oh boy (laughs) he just has a he just has a way with words man i don't know
1: okay (laughs) i actually (laughs) oh my god i think
0: i kind of like that this is game one because the team's going to come out fired up right they have a reason to play really hard and it will really be a litmus test for how good is this defense really because i think right away we want to see what does the sean desai uh defense what does it look like because it really seems like we're moving in that direction like this is Sean Desai's team in the future. They they seem to have brought him in as the uh kind of the same way we had Jim Mora around to take over when Holmgren left, right? That went but, well. But ex- except for <laughs> I don't think Sean Desai is a, is an idiot like, like 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 Mora. So so yeah, also, I'm, I'm not a Ruskel
2: around to go with it. So
0: that's a help too. Exactly. So, and, and Carol's going to be around the team till he dies. I'm relatively certain of that, even if he's not the head coach. So yeah, I'm, I'm into this. I'm, I'm into just putting the team on notice right from the start. I do think it's a, it's, it's a winnable game. It's not a, we're, we're obviously not going to be favored, but we shouldn't be, you know, underdogs by more than like five and a half or something
1: like that. Also our only true primetime game that we have, unless we get flexed into Sunday night foosball,
0: we have a, we have a Thursday night game,
1: Thursday night game is primetime, but every team has a Thursday night game. So Saturday, every team,
0: every team got a Thursday night game this year. I thought it was, I thought it was every team gets at least one primetime game and Thursday games are for the really bad teams. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> regardless, it's the same thing. And uh, <laughs> as far as Saturday game, you know why we have a Saturday game? Because Sunday is Christmas day. That's the primetime games. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, we have, this is looking back, it's. I think our only true primetime game because we know we don't have a Sunday night and we don't have any more Monday night.
0: All right. Uh, week two, we go at San Francisco. Kevin, do we still own the San Francisco 49ers? Like, is this a good matchup for us? Or is, is, our, is our year after year dominance of the team to the south finally going to come to an end?
2: I mean, is Jimmy Garoppolo still going to throw a ball straight at a linebacker? Because uh, so I have your answer.
0: I don't think he's going to be their quarterback. Not even for one game. <laughs> Like I, I think they're they smoke screening. Uh, they're smoke screening that it's um it might be not be Trey Lance because they want someone to have, actually give them a draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I love the uh, um. So you remember the uh
2: the famous clip with uh Jim Valvano after the after NC State wins the national basketball championship and he's running around looking for someone to hug. Yeah. Apparently at the ownership meeting, that was the 49ers looking for a trade partner for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They were just running around like, what do you mean you don't want Jimmy G? Look at the guy you have.
0: This guy's way better than that. And everyone's just like, "Mm, no, thanks. You reap what you sow, John Lynch. (laughs) there's like only like i think 3 mate or 3 or 4 quarterbacks who have like a 70% win win percentage plus, plus like over or 60% passing career or something and it's like jimmy g is like the only one of them because his, his small sample size or whatever but he's uh, he's pretty pretty winning pretty winning a uh, boring quarterback I, I, that's the thing about jimmy g is it just doesn't do anything Awesome.
2: He might be Diet Kirk Cousins, and then you have to figure out how to feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Is,
0: uh, worse, so, is Cousins, worse Kirk Cousins, someone you really want to go to war with? So uh, I, I split, just, split
2: the season into likely win, possible win, possible loss, likely loss. Um, I put the 49ers in possible win.
0: Possible win. Okay. I would have probably gone. Pos- if those are my choices, I probably would have gone possible loss. I do I think. Each I think game a game possible in, win too, each. Kevin. All right. Uh, so... Atlanta at home September 25th. This has got to be a good matchup with the battle of the birds, right? This is
1: yeah. so Atlanta. seems like one of the only teams that's in clearly worse shape than we are. This is one of two <laughs> games back to back where we, I mean, who knows maybe we'll go and Oh, and two, but I'm expecting two big wins here in a, in back to back weeks against the Falcons and their next opponent. I mean, Falcons have, have a lot of issues. We have some issues, but I'd rather be us than the Atlanta Falcons.
0: I agree. I think our infrastructure is better than theirs right now. I mean, the thing about us is that we know Pete can tear down and rebuild. He did it once already and did a really good job. So looking at looking at us and then them, you know, they're with Arthur Smith. And like, I don't I don't dislike Arthur Smith, but I just think at, on some level, you know, they he he's never proven it that he can be part, uh, part of a teardown like that. And they did. Very little to address the quarterback situation. Like going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter is not going to be pretty.
1: And you know, defense I would rather, is still horrendous. I'd <laughs> rather have Drew
0: lock than Marcus Mariota. I'll just say that. Well, given Marcus
1: Mariota's injury history, Desmond Ritter Sorry, may, may be playing in week three against us. Yeah, well, if that's the case, we win. Okay. At Detroit,
0: October 2nd, Um, I, I wanted to use this as a platform to really say, how do we feel about the Lions? I think Dan Campbell's done a really good job with this roster. They still have Jared Goff at QB. It still feels like next year, they're really focused in on being the team next year. They're, um, But man, this roster top to bottom looks pretty solid. I I would be excited if I was a Lions fan. Like This, this has fringe playoff potential kind of roster to it to me. And I, I don't know. This is a... This is, a good, this is a good matchup. This is a team that we should be on uh, a neutral field, you know, relatively even footing. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see the matchup between us and the D- Detroit Lions. Are, am, I too, am I too high on the Lions, or are they are they a team on the rise? What do you guys think?
2: Uh, I think it depends on what happens with the secondary. The way that they've overhauled that wide receiver room over the last two seasons, they went from like old-slash-bad to Amirasi Brown, Jamison Williams, and DJ Chark is a really interesting three players they, to be built around.
0: And they got Josh Reynolds too. Like, I think that's the really thing. solid I'm player. Like, and if this yeah, is, is your fourth receiver, fifth receiver, that's yeah. like not a bad place to be. Yeah. They're, their front five receivers. This, this offense is stacked except for Goff. Like <laughs> Goff, <Yeah. laughs> Goff obviously a problem. I'm not gonna act like he's not. But like this, but they got a solid
2: is- O line. Um, yeah. yeah, they've been building in the trenches on defense. Uh, it's a the big questions are on defense. Do they actually have a pass rush? Like they need uh, Aiden Hutchinson to immediately be like a solid six plus sack guy. JJ and Watt. That's really unreliable from a rookie edge player. Uh, they need uh Ali McNeil to take a little bit of a step forward or one of the kind of recent draft picks on the interior. They need Charles Harris to be the Charles Harris from last year, not the Charles Harris from the rest of his career. They need Jeff Okuda to kind of take a step. So Yeah, they need Jeff
0: Okuda. Have you have you heard rumors that they're thinking about that they're so they're coaching staff saying we see Okuda as a cornerback, but there are like strong rumors that they're thinking about kind of moving him over to safety, which like I think he could do it. Like he, I think he could be a really good safety. I agree. There's nothing. There's nothing like on his tape that makes Or like if they wanted to use him as like a star cornerback kind of thing, like Okuda could rule at that. I mean he ha- he had number one corner upside coming out of college, but coming off the Achilles injury, you know you you can protect him against that half step he's going to have lost from from that Achilles, and and moving him to nickel or or safety might be a way to to really like improve their defense quite a bit. Because I think they have decent cornerback depth, even past Okuda. It's the safeties and the, the nickel corner that are the problem. So I tend to agree. Yeah, I, I would I would say like that if Detroit decides to get creative with Okuda, it could like really um, bring their defense around faster. I'm excited about this matchup. I agree
2: I, that they're generally a litmus test because I feel like they're going to be the good bad team this year.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: you have to beat the good bad team in order to be a good bad team.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. If we if we can beat this team, if we if we like put the put the screws to the Lions, like we are a, a fringe playoff contender. If if they beat us, even if it's close, I mean we're we're, just, we're now we're on the outside looking in for sure. Uh, week five at New Orleans, uh, Eric. New Orleans kind of retooled like they thought they were a contender. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think they know something we don't, or do you you think that? Um, do you think New Orleans will be any good? What do you what do you think?
1: Of all the things that Sean Payton would do, this was something Sean Payton would do. Um, This is this is how New Orleans does a rebuild. They just kind of reload. Um, You know that old tool, like that old saying: "It's not a rebuild; it's a it's a reload." And it's like, okay, but you still have massive holes, and they're not addressed. And so,
2: you think Payton, even though he stepped down, is still kind of pulling the strings in the background?
1: No, I think it's I, – I don't think so. I think even though he stepped down, there's rumor he's going to come back and maybe come back to the Saints in a couple of years. Maybe that's just rumor. But yeah, I people, think said is, that
0: people said that the Dolphins made a run at him, or like a serious run at him. And stuff. People are yeah, that uh,
2: Carolina might make a run at him too if they end up firing Rule this year.
1: It sounds like he wants to coach, but maybe he's – just waiting for the perfect position or maybe he just wants a break, but this is just like how Sean Payton would do it. And so this is just how new Orleans is like, yeah, I mean, we won before like this. So let's, let's do this. It's like, I don't, I don't really understand their quarterback. Um, they, I I really like their off
0: season, like from like a nuts and bolts perspective, like this is a, this is a competitive football team. I just don't understand. They didn't, they had an opportunity to kind of purge and restart a little bit and they didn't, and they didn't take it. And it was a good spot where you could put a coach like Dennis Allen in a position where it doesn't matter if he wins. Now he does need to try to win and his quarterbacks are Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. As much as I love Jameis, like there's definitely blow up in your face potential for, for the way this roster is currently constructed. Um, man, can we talk
2: about what they did at receiver? Their top two receivers were Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. Now they have Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave drafted, and signed Jarvis Landry, and still have Traquan Smith and it's, Marquez. Callaway. They're asking,
0: they're asking a legitimate yeah. question, Kevin. Can you build an offense around three slot receivers? <laughs> <laughs> think, of, think of all the slants they're going to be able to run with Olave, Landry, and Thomas. Like, you throw those all those guys on a slant, it's just slant Mageddon. How do you even defend it? I don't know. It's, it's impossible. I I. I do agree that those receivers are better than, like, like last game they played Kevin White in legitimate snaps, a legitimate amount of snaps. Uh, it's obviously better to have these guys, but they all are best in the slot by a significant margin, in my opinion. Alave, I mean, maybe could he, – he played inside and out in college, but I, I think he's a slot monster if you play him in there. And so mm-hmm. – yeah, their offense is going to be weird. We'll see. What, we'll yep. see what happens. I, I don't want Jameis throwing over the middle a whole bunch anyway. If I'm a, if I was, if I'm the Saints coaching staff and I know what his film looks like, like I want him going deep. I don't want him throwing it over the middle out where he can't see the linebackers. Although he did get the LASIK, so maybe he'll be fine. Uh, all right, we we head uh, home for Week Six against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so we catch them on the in the De, DeAndre Hopkins suspension, which is kind of nice. Um, They do have Hollywood Brown to kind of replace some of that production. Um, Cardinals is a weird team this offseason. Do you guys, I want to say this, Cardinals good, Cardinals bad. I know you hate the coach, Kevin, but in general, Cardinals good, Cardinals bad. What do you think?
2: Uh, Despite having a terrible general manager, they have assembled a decent roster. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, they still have a massive hole at corner, which is really concerning. They still have uh, a shaky offensive line. Um, They don't have a scheme that can really prop that up. I don't know. I I think that the whole is less than the sum of the parts. That's kind of my problem. Like, Vance Joseph is a good defensive coordinator. So the defense will probably be in the top half of the league despite its flaws. Um, Who is passing Chandler Jones
0: Yeah, I was going to say, who is pass rushing on this defense? J.J. Watt for nine games and then getting injured for the rest of them? Exactly. Are we relying on the corpse of J.J. Watt to get 10 sacks? Because if we are, we are in trouble. They need to do something like move Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins outside and see if they can get – because both of those guys could potentially play outside linebacker. I think they need to, to be creative in how they use those guys to try to generate some pass rush.
2: Honestly, otherwise both of those guys are better at outside linebacker too, but that's another conversation.
1: Well, don't forget Kyler Murray, is he's expected to not play without a contract. So are the Cardinals going to pay up for a contract or are they going to trade him or are they just going to play chicken with him? Yeah, that's a great question.
0: I it's They're in a weird spot. This is a really weird team in a really weird spot. I don't really know what to... Uh, what to make of them in general. Like, is this a nine win team or is this a 13 win team? I'm not sure. Yeah, I am I think not. They, they fall apart every year. So yep.
2: the other thing is I was going to say losing their best receiver for the first it's six games of the season. Yeah. Um, When they're a team that typically falls apart in the last six games of the season gives you a weird window in the middle six games where you almost have to go like six and oh, mm-hmm.
0: that's, that's yeah. an odd spot to be in. I mean, maybe the the chemistry from Hollywood and Kyler is already there, right? We know they played together in college. Uh, this is the same as another team uh, on our schedule later, uh, so uh, maybe maybe that gives them kind of a, a jump start, and they're able to get off to a good start, even r- regardless of the. Because uh, a lot of times when wide receivers switch teams, there's an acclimation period. Uh, maybe they can get away with it because these guys have already played together. But I'm going to go. A good chance we win this one at home. I'm going to go that that we might lose both Cardinals games. I think the Cardinals are going to be all right. They're going to be solid, but not spectacular.
1: Uh, Eric, how do you feel about the Cardinals? I feel like this is a likely winnable game because I don't know where they're going to be with Kyler Murray. Let's just say they have Kyler Murray. They have some weapons, but if our defense is going to be decent, this is at home. We've rubbed some of the you know prior, prior problems stank off of us. I have optimism right now. I feel like we can win this game. It might be close, but... This isn't like the first surefire loss of the season. So far, all these games have been like, I could see us winning this. Yes, I, I don't think there is a surefire
0: loss in the schedule until Week Seven at Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> October twenty-third. Exactly uh, where I was going. This is this is the this is the first time I think we were definitely losing this game. This this roster is loaded up. It's on the road. It's not like coming off a bye or a short week or anything. I think this is an extreme Gerald Everett revenge game. <laughs> 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 this is an extremely difficult matchup though i i i'm not i don't want to play the team that has joey bosa and khalil Mack as outside linebackers i just don't i just don't want to play against that team that's not cool and then they have derwin james in the back too so you know they're not going to be like screwing up too bad in the back side of the defense it's this isn't this is a nasty roster i if the chargers don't go deep in the playoffs with this roster uh, they are legitimately cursed. I've thought for a long time they might be cursed the way they like randomly just miss end of game field goals and stuff, right? But the curse is very real if this team does not make a deep playoff run like AFC Championship or bust. This is the roster. They are Brandon Staley has the squad. He need they need to put it together. So Kevin, do you grease your loss on this one with me and Eric? Uh the only
2: thing I was gonna bring up is the fact that the Chargers entire team might be on the injured list. That's true. That they- is a very Chargers thing that could happen. If, if Easton wow. Stick is their starting quarterback, maybe we got a shot. Also, replace uh, Storm Norton at all costs was apparently not their draft strategy. But that being said, I do think there should be a loss. They should be a playoff team
0: in a pretty solid way the rest of their offensive line is, is good enough. Their offensive line is good. Like just flat out good. Yeah. No qualifier. Yeah. Storm Norton is, is definitely the weak link, but you can just protect that guy, right? Like you can just have Trey McKitty stand next to him. Yes. But you just fly. have, just have a
2: tight end uh, chump on that side. The whole game. Yes.
1: Sign yes. Antonio Gates for, for one week. We've, we've done it in the past. Yeah, <laughs> been done there. Done <laughs> uh, all right. Home for the giants.
0: Daniel dimes comes to town. Um, so as I looked at the rosters of the teams we were playing, this is one that surprised me cuz like the more I looked at it, the more I was like this isn't that bad. It's I, not devoid I, of talent like it seemed like it was last year. I kept thinking like is this a, this is not a bad football team. Like this is okay. It sucks they had to cut Bradbury. I mean not from like a we're playing them. It's good for us. <laughs> it's very good for the Seahawks. But like if they had Bradbury and stuff, this is like a a deep, talented roster, kind of all over the place, and they got two really young, good pass rushers, Thibodeau and Ojolari. Like, I, I'm a fan of what they're doing in in uh, in New York, and I think bringing in Brian Dable is going to instantly turn them around in the same way uh, Dan Campbell turned around the Lions. Not maybe not leading to a lot more wins immediately, but instantly leading into a team that looks better and has like a better attitude, right? Like the team, a team that feels like a winner, even if they're not winning. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, the, a team that's I, just an immediate culture improvement because their old culture was like if a Manny's sandwich ran a football team.
0: It's I I don't understand. <laughs> that. They they were like, oh yeah, let's bring in uh, Jason Garrett as our offensive coordinator. What? Why? Why do? Why do that? Don't don't do that. Yeah, like um, because he's
2: been so successful there. Yeah, but did you see they picked up? So they got Mike Kafka came over from this, the Chiefs to be their offensive coordinator. They got Wink Martindale, the former. Uh, Uh, Ravens, DC. The host of Press Your Luck. Yes, exactly. Um, This is a really good coaching staff um, with some young talent to shape. They just have some big deficiencies. The interior of the offensive line is arguably trash. Um, Their wide receiver core is a giant question mark of People who've it's, never been able to
0: consistently be both healthy and good. It's either going to be a 10 or a two on a week to week basis. <laughs> yes. Like all of these guys have massive amounts of talent, Galladay, Tony, Shepard, Slayton. And I like Wandale Robinson even, but, but like they, they, uh, yes, on a week to week basis, you just never gonna know what you're going to get. From
2: and then these guys. they're also begging the question, uh, perfect matchup with the saints. Can you build a cornerback room out of all slot corners?
0: Yes, that is 100 percent what they've done. Uh, <laughs> it
1: seems to be a they're theme. Like,
0: they're like, let's jam them up. Let's jam up five safeties on the field at the same time. Let's do it. They to run see. a three-three-five with uh, five safeties. Yep, because <laughs> that's basically what their cornerbacks are. They're all like, they're all like borderline safeties. Uh, I, I like. I would say this. I think a lot of people looked at the look at the schedule and they say, oh, Giants at home. That's a dub. I think this is a good matchup. I think was, th- these teams are closer together. These teams are pretty close together. This is kind of. This is kind of where we're at. This is another litmus test game. If we easily dispose of the Giants at home, we are better than than I think the general perception. If we lose this game or just barely win it, we probably are kind of what people think we are. Um, this is when I circled on the schedule as kind of a a, te- a test for the Seahawks. One, um, All right, next week we go at Cardinals. We already kind of talked about the Cardinals. Um, obviously, at is worse than, than home. That field is cursed. Uh, hopefully no one gets injured. Week 10... Seahawks, Germany, 630 a.m. You guys ready? Sure. And you said we didn't have any other primetime games. Come on, man.
1: Uh, you know what? Yeah, this. I suppose this is a primetime game. Like game. Now, there is okay, a rumor, but- a big rumor oh. that the that's not a joke either. It's not Eric wishing and hoping that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to wear their creamsicles in this game.
0: Oh,
1: oh! if we wear our old school. Jer- oh, oh wouldn't know, that I be bet. great? But they can't because it's we, didn't, not, we didn't register. Yeah. We didn't register a second. Helmet that would
2: have been, yeah. that would have been the coolest thing. If we could have just brought that
0: back for the uh, expansion buddies game. Way to go. Chuck okay. Armstrong. Uh, so, but okay. Bucks and Seahawks, Germany, okay. uh, this is cool. It's like a home game. We're going to have a great, great uh, atmosphere for this game. The Seahawks have a good following in Europe. Um, I, I suspect... hope it can be competitive enough for them to enjoy it. Uh, okay, I have a question for you guys. They're definitely going to hype this game up, right? They always hype up these Europe games because they're in their own time slot. Uh, they, Tom Brady obviously slides in on the right for the uh, for the Bengals. Who slides in on the left for the Seahawks? <laughs> Who do they show? What player? Um, oh. DK. I, what if it's Drew Locke, though? What if it's the hose, baby? Let's go. <laughs> the ho, ho, hey, we got to start some sayings. Hose knows. you guys think hose knows? Is that pretty good?
2: Uh, I think we H-O-S-S-G, just start about hose
0: before bros. Hose yeah. before bros. That's yep. good. That's good. I like that. Um, yeah, we give us your best host slogans. We want to turn them into gifts and t-shirts. So, um, we might have merch this season. All, ho, all, all host themed though. So don't get too excited. Uh, week 11. <laughs> week, week 11. We just is need to a get buy. One that's a
2: giant thing of Drew Locke's face with, Hey, where's the fire underneath? I already, I
0: already made discord stickers for Drew Locke. I mean, it's, it's getting,
1: <laughs> we're getting into it. Man, maybe We just um, have
2: to wait to see if he actually wins the starting job before we do all this.
1: Hey, if we're six and three at this game though, that it will be like. That'll we be are not a, going we I I hate to tell you this, if, Eric. We if. are not going to be six and three. Uh, you said we started. wanted to be optimistic and you
0: had hope oh. for the season. I have hope that we will Okay. I'll get to it. I was gonna wait till the end of the schedule, but now that we're at the bye, I can kind of give you a general thing. I have hope that this game's this season's this season's games will be entertaining because Pete Carroll is a good enough coach and his style it fits well with. With a way that he will keep a lot of games close that perhaps should not be close.
2: And we have a defense that might be able to get some nice toxic differential to be able to like, I think we can clip a couple wins from teams
0: that we probably shouldn't. And we also probably will lose games that we shouldn't lose. But the, yep. I have a feeling in general, most of the games this year are going to be close and because of the way Pete Carroll coaches. Not because we're really good or anything like that, but Pete knows how to keep a game close and give his team a chance to win. We saw it with Tavares Jackson season. We went seven and this nine. This is what we did not. last year too. It we even this though we kind of fingers us over the years to be seven and nine. Like he'll keep the games close, you know, and we'll see if the hoes can kinda kinda close we'll see if the hoes can close. Um nice. all right. Uh the week twelve, home versus the Raiders. I like the Raiders more than anyone else. I've heard it's it, there's a lot of rumors out there it's more than a, it's kind of a dysfunctional franchise. blah 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 blah. No, it has been, um, so what's new? Josh McDaniels, you see this often with really really highly touted coaches when they get their first shot, they learn a lot. They come back for their second shot and they do way way better. Pete Carroll is a great example of this. I think Josh McDaniels knows what he wants to do and this team is going to be very very, it's going to exceed people's expectations. Um, It's a very tough division. They do probably need another year of roster building, but getting Chandler Jones is a great start to improving the defense. Um, Derek Carr and and Devontae Adams already have shared a a college record-breaking connection that this is a good team. I am I do not feel good about this game. <laughs> uh, I do not feel very positively. And let I mean, I, I, There's a chance Jared Stidham's their starting quarterback, right? If Derek Carr gets hurt, so maybe that that's what we need. But uh, this is this is a team. I'm I'm chalking it up as an L. I, 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 I think the the Raiders are one of the four best teams on our schedule. We have. A, I'll say this: we have a relatively easy schedule, um, considering. And there's like four games I think that are like clear losses and this for me tampa bay germany is probably one at unless like the europe thing is just weird right europe games are weird but uh, at chargers home for raiders these are tough they're tough 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 games so um, am i am i over overbilling the raiders or do you guys feel like what do you what do you think kevin are they moving in the right direction i think the raiders and the broncos are a very similar spot as teams um with
2: different deficiencies the raiders beg the question if you only have a left tackle do you have an offensive line I think that's a really big problem for them. Um, the other thing is they did get somebody to pair up with Max Crosby, and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones is a, like a devastating pass rush. Um, also, Jayon Brown uh, is a guy who can get a lot of tackles, putting him with Denzel Perryman. like I like their linebacking core, which they overspent in a lot of ways before to make an ineffective group. Now they managed to actually assemble a group that makes sense. The issue is that I don't think the defensive backs can really allow a lot of room for them to operate. Like I have a lot of questions about their DBs, So I think this is going to be a team that you can pass on for sure. And I don't know if the D line is good enough to keep the linebackers clean and run in the run game. So I'm looking at a defense that has a lot of question marks and an
0: offense where, Man. those question marks align very good with our offensive mm-hmm. deficiencies <laughs> just, gonna, <laughs> just gonna throw that out there that's this why this is part of why i think it's like i think it's also like a styles thing i do not think this is a good matchup for it's the a Steel. tricky matchup A very like good pass we're... rush run stopping team is like is like the uh that is anathema for what we're trying to do
2: <laughs> what i'll say is to me uh we are going to be Either a seven or an eight win team, in my opinion, and it depends on if we can clip a win from either the Raiders or the Broncos here. I think. Well, I think. Uh, I no. think the best version of this team wins one of those two games. All
0: right, uh, we go at L.A. for the Rams. Uh, this is a tough one, but you know divisional games. It is what it is. We one weird thing about our schedule is we play the Rams twice in the last six weeks, and we are done with the Cardinals before Week Nine. Uh, which is kind of interesting. So, obviously, a lot can happen to teams in in, in the intervening time. Rams, like always, great roster, uh, very Pretty thin front line of mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, very yeah. thin. This is what they do. They don't they don't have a lot of draft picks. So then they you know they don't have the, they don't have great depth, but their first twenty two guys are as good better than everyone else's first twenty two, let's be honest. Um so they, that's what they're that's what they're doing. You know, they're they're hoping that they're training staff and to keep everyone healthy and that their depth is just good enough to carry them through the entire season. Um Eric, this one is is uh is for you. Um Bobby Wagner in a Rams jersey. Uh, How are you gonna feel when you see it? I'm gonna
1: feel awful. I already feel awful. I'm I wasn't sad or mad about Russ. I was kind of like oh yeah, I mean when he comes back, that's when I'll have like my feelings. But Bobby, man, that sucks. I, I understand you couldn't give him like this deal that he wanted or deserved, but it, it's kind of like if Cam left, like when and
0: he's from he's from L.A., so I get him going back.
1: We going always kind of knew right? like there was a chance he was going to go to the Ravens, but it was going to be Ravens or Rams, and of course it's the Rams. It's the one place he shouldn't go. This is going to be a nightmare game because. Not only are we going to lose, but I think we probably won't have a close game here, and we'll be beaten by our love, Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Bobby said he's not moving from
0: Seattle, like his his home. So that's that's cool. I mean, his roots are in the city. He'll always be a part of our our team and our lore. It's going to suck real bad to see him wearing forty five for the for the. He's not even wearing fifty four. Actually, appreciate. that's better in
2: my opinion. But it's this is somehow like this somehow hurts more than uh Sherm
0: on the Niners. Leonard Leonard Floyd is wearing fifty four, and they didn't even try to. I don't know if he tried to give him to give it up or not. But yeah, starting
1: with the Buccaneers game, though, and you know we have Buccaneers Raiders with Josh McDaniels coming in and actually knowing how to coach this team, and now this game, that Buccaneers game is the start of the oh this is the this is the part yeah. of the season that I am Weeks- not going to like. Weeks 10 through 13 are brutal, and we have a bye in the middle,
0: so that might help us against the Raiders. Also, against- it'll be late enough of the season, we can start talking draft. We're not talking draft until the regular season is over. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing that you can count on me for. I will talk about this week and next week's games. I will find other things to talk about. Um, we cannot do we- – we are not going to be those guys. <laughs> People who start talking about the draft in like week 10, uh, you – uh no, I'm not going to – the whole like – like when a franchise is really bad and they're like tank for tua, um, what, it, what what would this year be? <laughs> um, yuck for young. I don't know. Like that, it, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing those games. Like I want, I want to see this team go out. And like I said, I think Pete Pete has it in his DNA. He's not he's not going to try to lose. So. It's it's I'm I'm excited about that. Like, I think they're going to put a competitive team in out there every single week.
2: So, so uh, Sound of Hockey is a, a Kraken podcast. And yeah. they had a great uh, they had a great term that they used, which is um, they were looking for organic losses. So they didn't want mm-hmm. the they didn't want the crack in the tank. They wanted them to play some some quality competitive hockey and then, exactly. you know, lose by just a little
0: bit. And you that's, that's to, a lot of what we're going to be rooting for this yeah. year. <laughs> Job well done cracking. I think that's like Detroit, Detroit tried to do that last year, right? Like they, they were losing, but they were not losing in a way that embarrassed themselves. They had like a lot of close losses there that, that Ravens game with Justin Tucker knocking down that really yeah, long field. goal. They even got like, that's the kind of stuff you want to happen. We want to happen to our team this year. We want to be picking second next year because we went, f- you know, five and 12, but like six of the losses were not that bad. Right, we want to
2: be picking second because Russell Wilson's arm fell off, and the Broncos gave us the number two pick, right?
0: And then we are number one overall, so we have one (laughs) and two. Is that that how this works? (laughs) Uh, Russ wins only week one, and then and then uh, goes they go one and sixteen, and we go zero and seventeen. That's the, that's, the, that's the ideal. Uh, okay, uh, we lose by a combined 17 points. 17 points. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Uh, our plus point differential is plus or minus sixteen. Uh, okay, the week fourteen, December eleventh, Carolina Panthers. This franchise is an effing mess. Uh, the NFC South is. Is like Tampa Bay good? New Orleans still trying to win because I think they see they see something that I agree with, which is that the path to the seventh spot in in this conference is wide open. Um, the literally there's there's four or five good teams, and the other teams are all have huge question marks or significant question marks. Um, Carolina is a disaster, though. You cannot enter a, a season with Sam Darnold and Matt Corral after what we saw last year. Um, they did nothing to that I think to significantly get better from last year, I feel like they have a hard time drawing in free agents because they're uh, like coaching staff and stuff. Everyone knows this is not a good place to go play. They need to clean house. Uh, The thing that sucks is that this is a good young defense, a really talented young defense, and they have some good pieces on offense that you could build around.
2: Yeah. I was about to say the thing that's really frustrating is they should have a clear shot to the number seven spot. If they had a average starting quarterback
0: and one more pass rusher. All right. If they were the team that signed Andy Dalton, like I wouldn't even question it. If they go get Jimmy Garoppolo, like this team can get seventh. But I don't like the Matt Rule, Ben McAdoo uh coaching staff. This is not it's not good. They need to clean house. And like the rumors with Sean Payton, this would be a perfect place for Sean Payton for, to land. He it's has that because great...
2: Matt Rule and Phil Snow are both really good college coaches. And so like, that's the one thing that's nice. I'm looking forward to Matt Rule going back and picking some weird, like fringe power five team. And suddenly mm-hmm. you're like, oh, uh, I don't know. Pick a weird call. Syracuse is now the second best team in the ACC because that's where <laughs> Matt Rule ended up. And like, I look forward to that. That'd be neat but I don't see it happening in Carolina.
0: Yeah. I think that's there. We're on the way out. Uh, Eric, do you think we got a good shot to beat Carolina along with the Falcons? Are these the two teams that you feel like are a big mess? It's
1: Falcons. It's um, the game, the team after the Falcons. And then of course this game. Yeah. I think the lions are I'm on the way up, Eric. I'm a,
0: a i am gonna. I still think the lions Lions are going
1: to be a fun game, but I still think we should beat the lions. I'm not in on this. We're going to be a really bad team. I, I, I know we will be, but I'm, I just have so much so much hope for this team to pull to 500. Or I think there's another team that's equally
2: can. as tire fire, by the way.
1: Uh, 49ers. Oh, yeah. uh, 49ers are,
0: uh, we talked about them a little bit. Like we said before, that's a good team. Uh should be a good game. We've owned them. So we obviously have good game plans for them, but we'll see what happens there. At Kansas City, uh, nope, we're not winning this one. <laughs> I kind of. I don't know what else to say. Like this, this team did a good job actually getting better this off season. Uh, McDuffie's a big one. Uh, bringing in Brian Cook to to replace uh, Daniel Sorensen is like it's like upgrading like my son to Cam Chancellor. Uh, then <laughs> uh, Orlando Brown is a really a really nice signing. I like I like Sky Moore. Obviously, it's gonna hurt to lose Tyree Kill a little bit, but between uh, Sky Moore and you know Justin Ross, they should have a good young a wide receiver. That they can use. And um, Karloftis, I think, is a real nice pickup. And McDuffie. I don't know. I, Leo Chenal. This team did a good job. I think they did a really I good think job. Darian Kennard in the fifth round. I'm getting really annoyed at the way that
2: everybody just keeps giving them offensive linemen two rounds was, later than they should be.
0: I was... Yeah, that Kennard in the fifth and and Chanel in the third were both like extreme value picks that I just was like, man, of course, the Chiefs got those guys. Yeah, Chanel and and Bolton
2: is a really, really good uh, linebacking core.
0: If Chanel, if Chanel goes to a different team, I maybe I'm like, oh, maybe he just wasn't that good. Right. Like if if he like if he goes to Carolina, I'm like, oh, maybe I was wrong on my scouting with Chanel. He's not good. Chanel goes to Kansas City and I'm like, damn it, Kansas City. Oh, damn it. <laughs> like he is good. Shoot. Oh, we missed it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh Jets, New York Jets at home.
1: I J-D-T-S. like the matchup. Sucks, I like, sucks, sucks. We- I like
0: the matchup at home. I do think the Jets are moving in the right direction though. I actually think this that what they're doing is aggressively fine. Sauce Gardner should be a, and DJ Reed should make their corners really, really solid. Uh their their offense I like. Garrett Wilson quite a bit. Zach Wilson, I don't know. I'm not a believer and I it will, I'll have to see it on the field, but boy, the, the articles coming out are sure pumping him up. And I love Brees Hall. Brees Hall is, was, is fantastic. In I mean, every he way. was my one a running back along with who he got. So yeah, he, he's just great. And Jermaine Johnson too. Like they, they really loaded up. I think they did a good job. They're moving in the right direction. I think they're in a similar spot to us uh, like with uh with a coaching staff that I like Mike LaFleur and Robert Sala. I think that's a really good coaching combination. Yeah. So I, I suspect that they'll they'll be better. They'll be improved from last year. How good will they be? That is harder to answer. Um the young guys need to contribute, and you never know. You never know how ready they'll be to contribute right away. Maybe as a roster that's about a year away. But I like the I like the Jets as a kind of a a, fr, a frisky, frisky team in the AFC. Uh do you think the other guys think this is an easy win or is it kind of uh
1: just a what what do you guys think? I think Eric, the, you want to take it first. Yeah, yeah. I think this team is in some ways a mirror image of us. And that's really, really sad to say when you say the jets, like people, you know, will grab the pitchforks and start to come after me, but they have a lot of young talent. They are building their team through the draft. Now it looks in the right way. Um, they have question marks at quarterback. I like our running game more for now. I like our offensive line. Uh, at least I hope I like it more. Um, this I think is going to be a fun game. This might be the game of the year. And as far as excitement goes and, you know, close closeness goes. Also, Jacob Martin revenge game. Don't
0: forget that. Oh. Um, uh,
1: go, I think
2: go. that the Falcons and Panthers are two of the worst teams in the NFL, and they're on our schedule. I think that the Lions and Giants are a full step above those teams. I think the Jets are in between.
0: Right. I I, would, I think that I, I think would, the Jets are on the Lions and Giants level. I think that's the the tier, and I think we're in that tier too. That like could be frisky, but isn't quite there yet missing pieces kind of oh, the Giants could be better. You're right, actually. Mm. It, but I think this team, Do you think this team's like that much worse than the lions. Uh, I think they're a half step worse for a couple of reasons. Um,
2: number one, I don't think their offensive line is as good. They're okay. uh, like uh, Elijah Vera Tucker wasn't great last year. Uh, he's young and he's switching from the left to the right side. Uh, they Brian Lincoln Tomlinson, but Connor McGovern's um, like not special. And George Fant is their starting left tackle. I know he's taken some steps forward, but he still has a pretty significant uh, known ceiling. So, and then we're relying on Mekhi Becton to be better coming back from a pretty big injury than he was before he was injured. So I think that's a little bit of a question on the O-line, whereas I feel like Detroit's O-line is really good. The other thing is, I'm not really sure how the pass rush completely comes together for the defense. And... Because of that, I think they're relying a lot on Sauce Gardner as a rookie, and DJ Reed is a guy who keeps getting hurt uh, to help out a lot with uh, defensive backfield. Now, Robert Sala gets a lot out of his DBs, so I feel a little better about that than I would with other teams, but I do think that there are, and I I feel like there are a slightly greater number of questions with their roster than there are with the Lions roster.
0: they need, but then I'll say the same thing I said before, which is they need a lot of young guys to contribute now. Yep, like they need they need Ashton Davis to take a step and be like a good safety. They need Sauce Gardner to come in and be good as a rookie. They need they need Jeremy Johnson to come in and be their number two pass rusher. And their offensive him. line, their offensive line allowed a lot of sacks last year, but I like don't totally fault them for it. They had Joe Flacco for sig- and Mike White for significant amounts of Mike games Mike. last year, and that is like. Put two statues in the backfield and s- protect them. It's more difficult. Than, than, I don't know that they, they had guys with zero mobility in the backfield for a significant number of games. And I'm it, It's it's all up to Zach Wilson to me. If Zach Wilson is improved, they're in the Giants Lions tier. And you're right, they're in, they're worse if he's not improved.
2: Yeah, anymore. that's why I put them in between those two tiers because I, really, I just don't
0: know. It really is with Zach up to Zach Wilson where they'll end up. So all right, that's a, that's a fun matchup though. I I think that'll be a fun game really good. Uh, Last week we played the Rams uh, time TBD because, you know, they try to move the teams, the games with playoff implications into the same time slot. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's it. We talked about the Rams already. All right. Our over under is five and a half wins. Kevin, I've heard you talk enough now to know you're picking over. Why do you think over for five and a half for the Seahawks? Uh,
2: So I picked over because I feel like we are. Okay. So let's, Take the quarterback position and set it aside for right now. Uh, If we set that aside, I think the roster got better. I also think that the scheme got better. So the team is significantly better than it was last year. And by path win-loss, we were something closer to a nine-win team than the seven-win team. So now you swap out our quarterback uh, in Russell Wilson for whoever ends up winning the contest. Let's say it's the Hoes.
0: The hose. It's going to be Drew uh, Okay,
2: so I don't think our team is worse than the Broncos team
0: that went seven and ten last year with the hose. Hmm. I I agree. I don't, but I they that team do. Are we playing a harder schedule than that team? What do you think? No, I don't think so. It was a good year to draw the NFC South. I'm going to say that because <laughs> the yeah. Saints are okay and trying to win, but man, Atlanta and Carolina are, are a mess.
2: I think that we're a 7 or 8 win team, which means 6 wouldn't surprise me, so 5 kind of would. Five Honestly, so I feel like the I feel like 5 wins is probably the number 1 pick this year, 4 or 5 wins.
0: I tend to agree that what was the number 1 pick this year? 3. Yeah. And then number 2 was 5. So yeah, I agree. If we if we're at 5, 5 or 6 wins, we're probably picking in the top 5. Okay, Eric. I think you're also on over, right? I am Generally, generally
1: consensus. What, 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 how many wins do you see us getting this year? I mean, this is a, it's a tough schedule at times, and a, what I believe to be a pretty easy schedule at other times. I have us penciled in eight wins. I don't think we're going to be near a playoff spot, and I really don't see us getting to nine. Nine is like ultra optimism, but there's no way it's any more than that. So I, I, I have us penciled in right now at eight wins. All right. And um, I personally uh I could see
0: I see a path to five. Pretty clear one. Um but I'm gonna I think we're I think we're about a six one team. Six, seven. I think this team's gonna be super okay. The problem I have with it is that I believe Pete Carroll will keep every game close, but our quarterback play will prevent us from No just kidding, Drew Lock's the best. No. Um but but uh I got shocked right there by like a like an electrocution. I think <laughs>
2: factors beyond our control will keep
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: he, the quarterback play will stop us. Like if we have one drive to win, we saw what happened last year. That happened, Geno Smith had one drive to win twice, right? And what happened? He lost. Yes, and that's just I think that's just I think where this team's going to be at this year. It's going to be a lot of games where we're in the game. The team feels like they're pretty good. Oh, they're down by four and they get the ball back with the chance to win the game, and then they you know drive down the field and and lose. So. That's that's kind of are they, you know, throw an interception or whatever the game and then the game's over. That's that's kind of how I feel like this is that that is that kind of season. The good thing is, I don't think this team will be unbearable to watch. I think this will be a very competitive football team in every game. And if the ball bounces the right way, Drew Lock makes a step forward. Um, we come in with really good game plans. Uh, the Sean DeSai defense is really working. Yeah, maybe we can win nine, 10 games, slip into the last playoff spot. It's not impossible. Uh, it's just, I think, unlikely. I think the more likely outcome is five to seven wins uh, and and a lot of close losses and us picking uh, our quarterback of the future at the beginning of next year, which nothing nothing wrong with that. I,
2: Yeah, I think to back what you're I'm saying, fine. the other thing is that I think the best parts of this team to watch are going to be parts that look like they'll be here for the next team. Like, this is our chance to see the core of the next team. And yeah, we don't They have... will be significant role players in this season
0: the only guy who can really who's really going to age out before i think we are really good against tyler everyone else on the roster should is going to be a part of the the future successful seahawks i guess rashad penny will be gone because kenneth walker took his took his gerb (laughs) but but but, uh but everyone else i mean this is this is the next seahawks right here like they, they, they they are loaded up with guys from the 19 20 21 drafts uh, just just good football players across the board i, I Shelby Harris may be my age out too I don't know I don't know how that position group ages but he is 30. so if like defensive three four defensive ends go downhill fast at 30 he will uh start to decline
2: well it depends on what we consider to be the next core group because if like cause the, I, it could be next season if we get a, a rookie quarterback that can kind of hit the ground running, I think that it will be a team that is capable of being a playoff team next season.
0: Yeah, but we're not gonna scout those guys yet because it's too far away, and I am not gonna let you, Kevin. So um, I will just say this: there are ten guys, there are like ten quarterbacks in next year's draft that I think have the potential to be better than any quarterback taken in this draft. Um, Obviously, we got to see him play, but yes. Um, And let's just start the Anthony Richardson hype train now. He's just gonna be sitting with
2: his arms out the whole season. Hold, hold. (laughs) If you guys want,
0: if you guys want to know my guy, I am just gonna say his name is Anthony Richardson. That's it. They, Tony for, Dick. Google, it. Florida's quarterback. I mean, I mean, he's only thrown like sixty college passes, but they're all good. <laughs> they're all bangers, <laughs> but none of them. All su- good. All, <laughs> all wheat, no Jeff. There's, there's a, there's a, there's, all there's thir- a, there's a all co- thriller, uh, all thriller. There's a compilation video you can find. It's like all sixty, all sixty throws in one. One thing is so funny. It's the he's exact not... opposite
2: of the uh, video that Odell Beckham's dad posted for uh, um, <laughs> for Baker Mayfield.
0: Exactly. Now you're getting it. Okay. <laughs> it's the opposite are... of
2: Caleb Ellerby's video
0: against Michigan. <laughs> there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to only12s.com or punthub.us uh, for as little as twenty four a month. Uh, get access to the Discord. Come hang out. Say hello. Uh, check out our Drew Lock. Uh, memes and, and emojis. Uh, Andy, thanks, Andy, Brett, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Flocktimus, Greta, James, Jose, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Leon, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and everyone else supporting the show. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, okay, the uh, movie club today. Fred Ward, great actor. Uh, passed. I feel like it's time for us to revisit a movie that I think we've already done before, but I don't even care because he is the 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 best, uh, maybe second best part of this movie, uh, depending on your opinion on the term Graboids. Uh, (laughs) That's very important. (laughs) Let's talk Tremors, boys. Uh, Tremors. Uh, So, okay, Um,
2: The 1990 uh, Ron Underwood sci fi horror classic.
0: Let's start with this. Uh, so the movie opens up. We got Kevin Bacon playing Valentine McKee and Fred Ward playing Earl Bassett. They are handymen. They're isolated in like the high desert. And uh, I think the city's called like Perfection Nevada or something. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they, they decide to leave. They decide to leave town. They uh, discover like a like a dead body on top of an electrical tower. Right. Yeah. Um, they don't know they, if it's
1: dead right away. But yeah, that's what this scene kind of shows
0: you why they're so likable. And then they so they go to the town doctor and he's. They died of dehydration because he was too afraid to climb down. One thing I like about this movie is there's like heavy, like suspense. They don't just straight up like, yeah. Because the, sh-
2: the opening scene of the movie is when um the uh the family gets attacked where they're building yeah. their house and their uh like uh their wood paneled station wagon gets buried.
0: They, so one thing it's I like an absolute cannot see what's happening moment. Do you think that the 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 idea of this movie was basically like what if jaws was on land? Like Yes, that's 100%. Is that, is that, that feels like the pitch. Like it's like what if jaws was on land. So they used like a lot of the same suspense tools that jaws did, right? Not show not showing the shark very much, not um, kind of letting you feel the suspense. Um I read that the the two of the writers, Brent Maddock and SS Wilson, they were in the navy. Okay, together they were made educational safety videos and they were just taking like some stock footage of some mountains and stuff and they climbed a large rock and said what if there was something that wouldn't let us off this rock that's like, awesome that's cool. and i was like what a that's a premise. Cool, that, that's a cool conceit and that, that that's what's cool about this movie is that they they don't show and you know you got this guy he's too afraid to climb down then later on we see this flock of sheep get destroyed um then there's a severed head and then there's those construction workers get killed and there's a rock slide and the, the phone lines are now dead. So they can't get out of town. Right. And it you see like a, a truck get messed up. Right. By, a, but the truck gets messed up by, a, by like a, ta- you see like a snake like tail, but they still haven't shown the whole, the whole thing. Right. And so all these things keep happening. And, and they at first, like what they, they don't think it's a serial killer at first. Oh yeah. Right? That's when they find or the head. Yeah. yeah. The
2: road, when they find the road
0: crew. Yeah. Yeah and it i think is there a better uh b monster movie than this movie
2: oh man uh, it's right up there i, yeah. I don't th- i don't think it's there's a, push a better one
1: if you got to find what it is and then a discussion point automatically the answer is no this is it yeah
2: i was speaking of your your uh, jaws comment made me think of something that i hadn't thought of before so at the end when they're doing the pole vault between the rocks mm-hmm. uh, that that would be a that's actually a lot like when they have to go from boat to boat Was it the second Jaws movie when they have to when there's Mm -hmm. the uh, was it a catamaran race or something like that and they have to like run across the boats? Mm -hmm. I wonder if that scene inspired that scene as well. Like I I didn't realize how many direct scene corollaries they were until you mentioned that. I just knew it kind of played the same way.
0: Yeah, the poster for sure. Yeah, the poster, hundred percent. This is this movie's super fun. Okay, so anyway, yeah, as the movie goes on. Uh, they, they ride into the, the other town, right. Which is, uh, Bixby or something. And then I I have a bunch of notes written down that I wrote furiously while you guys were talking during the the podcast. Uh, okay. So yeah, they, they they start to meet up with some other people.
1: They, one of my favorite parts is when they're pole vaulting across the boulders. Reminds you Um, of when you were a kid and you would, you know, try and stay off the imaginary lava. It's kind of what it felt like. Because yeah, they, they, And I I really think it digs into that idea. Like we're trapped on these boulders.
0: How do we get out? We can't touch the sand. If we touch the sand, we're dead. So um,
2: yeah, because it's kind of cool what happens, the transition between. uh, So in case you haven't seen it, which if you haven't seen it and you also listen to our podcast, what a weird demographic you fit into. But if you haven't (laughs) seen tremors, um, the tremors, the graboids are uh, attracted to vibrations in the earth. And so at first, all the attacks are taking place outside on loose soil, and that is scary enough, right? But then when they're in town and you start realizing that they can, like, undermine the foundations on the buildings because they're all kind of crappy buildings that are built in the middle of the sticks, uh, and suddenly the indoors is no longer safe either, it adds, like, an extra level to the whole thing. Hmm. Cause yeah. like a lot of horror movies, a lot of monster movies, you're trying to like get indoors, bar the doors, you know, the inside is safe. And this one does a good job of taking a monster that you wouldn't think could change that particular equation and makes the inside unsafe.
1: And it gets smarter as the movie goes on or the, the group of them gets smarter as the movie goes on. Clever girl. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah. Okay. Things I like about this movie, uh, that they don't the, the way they build the suspense. I love that. Um, I don't think there, there's these. This is one of the all time great monster movies. The special effects, the minute, the way that they're using miniature hand puppets and stuff is just like if you really think about that, that is insanity. Like the way how good it looks with that some great practical effects. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it's like cool. Like the the way that it's like the 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 monster is like fast and scary. Um I don't know it's just it's cool and and I think it's cool about this movie is they made it PG-13 to make it accessible so like apparently like it had 20 F-bombs in the original cut of the movie and they <laughs> uh, they had to so they cut down on them to get it could get an a PG-13 rating because you only have one right to get a PG-13 so it led to some great overdubs too that are that are really funny uh in the movie like um can you fly you sucker and uh like yes. we killed that we killed that mother humper I know. <laughs> yes, it it reminds me of when you watch Smokey and the Bandit on TV as a kid, and it's just way better dialogue. The big The Big Lebowski is the <laughs> classic one. What's what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps?
1: No, uh,
0: this this is what happens, Larry. But yeah, th- th- it's it's like that though, because like this seriously, this production, this movie, they had to they had to change at the last minute to uh, to try to get that PG thirteen uh rating. So yeah, this is Kevin Bacon says the most fun he ever made in the movie and you could just see the fun on the screen. Yeah. You can see the actors are having fun, they're chewing up a really interesting set of uh set, set, set uh, really interesting setting and situation, so Fred Ward's yeah. a great character actor and him playing like kind of the gruff
2: older brother to Kevin Bacon's kind of wild younger brother character was uh that was a really good dynamic. Um Finn Carter uh, uh she plays the Uh, geologist and like she was good in that role of kind of trying to be taken seriously. while at the same time, the whole situation was hard to take seriously. And then of course, Victor Wong as Walter Chang, just excellence as the shop owner.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, First Reba McIntyre film appearance. She Uh, was great. She was, she was just fine in this movie. Do you know, there's only two interior shots in the whole movie. Uh, Walter's store and Burton Heather's basement. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That the, makes sense. everything else is exterior which is pretty cool and very um, fitting yeah the uh at the beginning of the film there's a gag where she misses the staple eight times with a hammer yes um so apparently currently <laughs> that's that was not scripted kevin bacon had the idea to do that and fred ward so they didn't and they didn't tell fred ward so his his reaction is 100 percent genuine to the situation <laughs> Wow. That's
2: great. Oh, that's the other thing for your comment about the special effects. Some awesome practical effects for things like the uh, the power lines or the power poles being sucked into the ground, or mm-hmm. the way that they would have the, uh, the floor of the market buckle. Um, like a lot of those that again, some really cool, special and practical effects, blending together to make uh, to make
0: the whole thing work. Like it's a it's
2: campy, but it's it's not campy in a way that detracts.
0: So other people who they they tried to get to play Valentine McKee, you ready for this? Bill Paxton. Okay, get, tell me if you like this more or less than Kevin Bacon. I think Kevin Bacon is awesome in this room. Um, Okay, uh, Bill Paxton. Equal. Cool. Like it very much. You'd like it. Okay, Matthew Modine. No. No.
1: How about Bruce Campbell? A+. Plus. That would have definitely relegated it to be movie forever and ever, but that would have been yeah, also I think- pretty awesome. The only thing is having
2: him and Fred Ward is like, I don't know. That's that's both amazing and not as good.
0: The director of the movie wanted Jack Palance to play uh, Earl Bassett, but they he was too afraid to reach out and ask if he was interested. That would have been a mistake. That (laughs) would have been so sweet, but also not as good. Not as good. 100%. Um, Brent Maddox said when he was writing the script, he imagined Burt Gummer being played by either Chuck Norris or Clint Eastwood. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that How weird would it something. be if Clint Eastwood was Bert?
2: I liked Michael <laughs> Gross doing a Clint
0: Eastwood impression. That was the best thing that could have happened for that role, and it happened. Um, that Bert's 1989 GMC Jimmy was Michael Gross's personal vehicle. <laughs> that's so,
1: awesome. Mm, that's the awesome. The
0: used in the movie. Um, this is the shortest Tremors movie. Did you know that the first one?
1: I uh, <laughs> had... six minutes.
2: See, that's because this one knows so... what it needs to be.
1: Yeah, the direct-to-video ones are made for TV are somehow longer. That's terrible. Um,
0: okay, they had three working titles for this movie: "Beneath Perfection," <laughs> uh, "Dead Dead Silence," and "Land Sharks." I mean, Land Sharks is the only <laughs> other acceptable one.
1: Uh, that would have that okay. would have made sci-fi before sci-fi network was
0: around.
2: I'm really disappointed that Graboids wasn't on the list.
0: Yeah, thank um, you. So, they tried to rescore the movie like like real fast before the movie was released because the original score they felt like it was too goofy. So basically you can you can tell which is the original score and which is the new score. Um or the Ernest True score is the one that's too goofy and it's the one that's like more like westernly and country like and has like harmonicas and stuff. So when they're Whereas, going over the rocks yeah, when they're going the over the unfolds. rocks exactly yeah. I can think about yeah. scene and, and then when it, when it's more like trumpets, violins and big instruments, that's that's the Robert Folk score
2: that's kind of funny because uh, the two together definitely is the movie.
0: Yeah. That's the charm yeah, of the movie. So yeah, that, that actually, I think the two score thing actually helped them like in a weird way because they, they both fit in different ways and totally work. And it kind of shows the the dichotomy of the movie, right? Like the, the two faces of it. Um, uh, just one of the all
2: time late nineties, it's on TV in the summer and you'll catch it wherever it's at movies.
0: Uh, Yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah, I like this movie. It's just awesome. There's some, it's, there's funny. Um, Elizabeth Olsen says this is her favorite movie growing up. So, Mm. so it's gotta be good. Right? That makes me think Elizabeth Olsen's even cooler. So, yeah, go see this. Go see a Doctor Strange with Elizabeth Olsen in it. Fred Ward, Fred Ward was a master. Like, he was, he was was a really good character actor. Uh, Do you guys have another Fred Ward movie that you really like that you just wanna mention before we get out of here? I like a lot of his movies. One thing I'd like to mention
2: is, I, uh, I think the, the best thing about Fred Ward is he could take a spot like playing Joe Dirt's dad or uh, in Two Guns where he plays the, uh, um, was it the Colonel or whatever it is? is?
0: This is exactly what I was going to say, which is when he plays the major in 30 minutes or less. Yes. yes. Uh, oh man. And he's like, he's so, <laughs> per, he takes like
1: just a, such a small
0: part and he makes it like
2: yeah. so good. Yeah. And you just remember he's in the movie. It almost feels like at the end of the movie, you're like, oh yeah, that was only like three minutes.
1: There's a yeah. movie in the in the, in the in 1986 Remo Williams The Adventure Begins. I saw this movie in the theater <laughs> me and my friend loved it. Uh it took me like 5 years to realize the sequel was never coming. Uh dis, <laughs> despite the argue you know the very offensive uh, yellow face in that movie, I find that movie highly enjoyable albeit uh why did it not move on and you know why didn't it get more sequels? No real star power and that movie feels like it's 3 hours long. Like it's It's very long, but very enjoyable, and um, I hope some people out there like it. All right, and I've always wanted to drop this on the podcast.
0: I've never had a chance, okay? So, uh, Fred and Fred Ward is in Corky Romano, which is a terrible, (laughs) horrible, not good movie, okay? Um, Chris Catan's autobiography, Baby Don't Hurt Me, in that autobiography, he claims that Paul Thomas Anderson helped out with the screenplay for Corky Romano. Ooh! So now I gotta watch it. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna tell you. Uh, I never would have. Ge- I never would have guessed that in a million years. But I've been waiting to drop this fact on the podcast uh, for so long. And uh, Fred Ward's death. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. <laughs> So did Fred Ward take Daniel day Lewis's part then? Is that what you're telling me? I have no idea. No, Zach, Chris this, I was kind of hoping I could bring it up like on a Zach Galifianakis thing, like if we were talking about Zach Galifianakis for some reason. But you know what? Uh, we got there. So for, for Kevin, for Eric, we, uh, for Paul Thomas Anderson, we'll see you next week. Go
1: Hawks.